1: Welcome to Season 2, Episode 2 of the ATI Podcast. Barrett here, host... And he's Josh Welch, the co-host.
0: I'm back. I'm back. And we are the ATI Podcast. Welcome to season two. I'm Glad yeah. to be here, finally. Sorry yes. I missed episode one. I had some uh, unfortunate circumstances with yes. my wife's family. So, yeah. yeah, I hate that I missed it out on that one because all my friends were like, oh, you're, I'm so jealous you guys got to talk to that band like my buddy Zach, yeah. you know? So, yeah, I'm bummed that I missed it. Yeah, it was, it was
1: a good show, but understandable. And uh, life has a way of getting in the way. Right. Right. Yeah. We are really looking forward to today's agenda, guys, and the discussion that we have prepared for our audience. Of course, that is Moses the Deliverer, a St. Louisan professional wrestler, part of Team Ambition, going to be on the Grand L event coming up here very soon. For everyone to enjoy and digest, so we're gonna have details about that late toward the end of the show. Ticket prices, where to go get tickets, all that fun stuff. Yeah, but,
0: Moses is a great young talent, man. Oh, absolutely, great young talent, and you know, I think I think he's got a lot more to say and do in the yes. industry. <laughs>
1: he's just like four or five years into his actual wrestling, like literally just started professional wrestling the last four or five years, and to see him in the ring what we saw personally in person, right, right It's just unbelievable the selling and just the yep. little things that he gets right. Yeah, is just very impressive. I think.
0: Yeah, him and Dax match was awesome. Yes, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Great production.
1: And so you probably heard us talk about it a million times on here as well too. But of course, we have that connection with Moses that we had the opportunity to sponsor his match and Dax's match that they had Huge at the Granddale Wrestling. Super event grateful that we had that opportunity. Pops. And we're going to see them again here in the spring. Yeah, coming up. So again, going to have more details on that later. But as you know, before. We invite our guests in. We like to do a little current events talk to get us uh, warmed up and get a chance at our uh, shitty comedic styling <laughs> um, to, uh, you know, work some shit out on the stage, if you will. <laughs> current events. Well, this is, this is something. Harvey Weinstein, six, 16 years it came down today.
0: How about that? He got 16.
1: That's pretty much going to, you know, be the rest of his life.
0: Yeah, I mean... Have you you seen him recently? I think he's like wheelchair ridden and...
1: Yeah, well...
0: Or is that a show for the trial?
1: I have a feeling that that's a show to some extent. I mean, you remember like Bill Cosby, whenever after he got arrested, he was blind all of a sudden. Oh, yeah.
0: Or like uh, the Golden State Killer. Right. Like, you know, they said he was out fishing the day before and moving his boat and stuff by himself. And then the day that he was arraigned in court after he was arrested, he couldn't even walk up to the the judge. Or
1: we'll tie it into professional wrestling when Vince McMahon had the steroid trial and he wore a neck... To the trial, yeah. so he gets sympathy. Yeah, there you, go. yeah. So, <laughs> there you go. So there's that. But yeah, so Harvey Weinstein, piece of shit. Yeah, absolutely. Officially. disgusting piece of
0: shit. I don't think there's Took any, long enough.
1: any questioning that. And he deserves everything that he gets and then some. I hope he dies in prison. And I don't know that we necessarily detailed it on here. I know when we did our guest spot, Ridge and I did with uh, DJV Cannon on his podcast, The Swerving Podcast, we actually got in a little bit of a discussion about some of this stuff. I don't think it made air, but Harvey Weinstein in particular, like, just if you don't know anything. Think about like the trial that is the Harvey Weinstein trial just do a little google and read a few articles it is pretty fucking wild and how many like Hollywood elite that it involves like oh yeah there's a very fascinating story about Gwyneth Paltrow specifically the casting couch bullshit he tried to pull on her on the mid 90s when her and Brad Pitt were an item and Brad Pitt was going to go over and murder Harvey Weinstein now he was that was early in his career too right you I know mean, he had a few hits a few bangers already but nonetheless
0: Pitt was not a superstar like he is now he's at not, that
1: point <laughs> and he, he, he's not no like physically domineering badass like right you know he's not a fighter he's a, right. he's not the type to just like just go throw hands out of nowhere and uh in the trial i think they ended up sufficing with just brad pitt's former publicist cooperating the story because she had already given a deposition that they were able to use in court uh, okay. so brad pitt publicist they accepted as a representation of him and said that brad cooperated the story and yes all of that was true and yes in fact he was going to go do this Right And you know Gwyneth talked him out of it And so on This motherfucker was pulling this shit Even up to recent So like 12 Years a Slave The movie Yeah It came out Critical acclaim It's got fantastic actors in it uh, Michael Fassbender Lapita's in it um, Just several Just like great actors In that movie Check it out if you haven't Well Brad Pitt's a producer Of that movie as well Well it's with The Weinstein Company Ah And I think If I got my story straight here uh, Lapita was actually like, proposition by Harvey Weinstein, and she turned it down. Right. And in fact, if it's the same story, I believe, I know that there's a Hollywood starlet, and it was like somebody more recently, and I'm pretty confident it was Lapita, but, and I'm just doing this like off the cuff here. Right. right. But, um, he like, tried to get her to massage him because he had like a headache or something so she and then he goes into you his bedroom be a
0: superstar girl
1: and this guy like fucking pulls his pants off <laughs>
0: you want to be a yeah. superstar
1: and she's like um what like she said she got real uncomfortable so then she just turned it around to him like massaging her so she like be more in control <laughs> or vice versa no i think <laughs> i have it backwards i think she got the rub at first and then he went to go put his pulls pants off so she was like let me rub you instead yeah and so, so that she would be in, in control and, kind of dodge. and she's like can you put your clothes back on yeah like, you fucking sicko it's crazy to think that like uncouth bastards just like just, uh, going
0: after it right yeah uh-huh. sick sick ass
1: yeah people. speaking of sick ass people r kelly <laughs>
2: uh <laughs> I 50 years
1: combined but 30 years for sex trafficking 20 years for the child porn por- uh was ruled on today and i'll
0: say it again it took them this long
1: yeah well i mean as long as i get it right yeah, I mean, he's in yeah. custody so yeah, uh, yeah. i'm not gonna be that critical of it but back to your comment it took him this long. Yeah. Well, everybody's known this about him for twenty plus years. I mean, you just made the joke. Yeah. Dave Chappelle was riffing on it on his sketch comedy show in right. two thousand three. Right. Exactly. You know. That's
0: my point. Yeah. So
1: it's it's kind of sad that it you know took this long.
0: But at least victims are getting justice. So, certainly. You know. Yeah. Certainly.
1: Speaking of other pieces of shit, Speaker McCarthy. <laughs> <laughs> he reportedly shared 40,000 hours worth of U.S. Capitol surveillance footage unfiltered yeah. from the January 6th riot with. Tucker Carlson, right. Fox News host.
0: Well, I did not know about this until I came over before the show, and then yeah. I researched it. First of all, what the fuck? Absolutely, it shows the complete inner workings of the of the Capitol, the Capitol. and it shows emergency procedures and how they escape uh, routes. They escape the right. the tunnels. They, I mean, this is a huge security risk for the Capitol and for the lives of legislators. Yeah, <laughs> like, if another group yeah. wanted to get ballsy and do this again, and they have the the recon and the intel Right. on the capital, it's only going to make it more easier. So yeah. this is ridiculous, man.
1: Yeah, I mean, it just kind of goes into this the craziness that the media has started to become and the polarization of media.
0: I mean, but you talked about this. Where do you draw the line? Where yeah. do you draw the line between free speech and manipulation right. and propaganda? Where do you draw the line? I mean, we were chastising Germany for doing these exact same types of things
1: during the World War II era. So. Right.
0: Your Goebbels, you know, your propaganda machine that took over the media and took over the the radio and the newspaper and completely changed you know and it's called mind. fox
1: news in this country yeah exactly exactly <laughs> tucker news carlson OAM. is a modern goebbels
0: yeah i and mean he spews putin's propaganda all actually, the time
1: man they like the russian government that there was so many comments that were made I, I made a comment about a gentleman who wrote a book name escapes me right now that was on bill Maher's show on the first episode last week uh, african-american gen- gentleman who's been in nsa type conversations you know national security all that right. type of stuff that worked for for 40 plus years and uh, he just spent 10 months over in the ukraine and he said that, like the conversations that they had because he worked with the freedom forces over there right like actually fighting against russia yeah and well, like the dpr he those said people, like yeah. yeah he said that those people that were like saying that tucker Carlson was like the biggest agent for their country outside of their country because he promoted a lot of like pro-putin ideas yeah and agendas and they said like if they ever take over america like they would keep him in place specifically if if you're hearing this about a country that's going to lead me into my next point that just literally pulled out of the nuclear treaty yeah. with every with everyone else not to use nuclear arms against one another Yeah, you need to know you're on the wrong side of history here.
0: Yeah, when you're that one... You're on the
1: wrong right. side of history.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: You know, and so like that, that kind of the foreign affairs things it's got people up in a tizzy and, and Putin did this really as a reaction. I mean we were already like supporting the Ukraine and stuff but Biden did a surprise visit over the Ukraine you saw. Right, yeah. Toward, toward war scavenged areas and things of that. I age. think
0: the video i seen of him and Zelensky they were walking down the street and air raid sirens are going off as they were walking down the street that's crazy (laughs) it is crazy it's the first time in american history that a president has stepped foot in a war zone without his own forces
1: that's yeah that's pretty crazy and i know that you know there's a lot of relationship building that's going on with the ukraine beyond you know everything that we've done to this point too so they're gonna have a virtual g7 summit and they're and biden's actually gonna have Zelensky a part of that kind of interesting to where see these puzzle pieces start to move of course we detailed the chinese spy balloon previously on the last episode and, and things going on with that and the fact that we had apprehended some russian aircraft that was coming into our fly zone in alaska well, yeah in alaska so yeah so like a lot of this is like really ramping up tensions right now and i'm not like a big like you know end times prophecy type guy but those we're living those in crazy are, times dude yeah like this is just as, this is concerning even though the technology might be outdated as we've come to find out we detailed the Russian things previously on previous episodes the fact that you know a lot of their war with ukraine has been actually just them fumbling the ball themselves not having proper rations defective old equipment things of that nature the chinese we detailed that on the last episode kind of where we think that their technology is at but truly we don't know we don't know and you also have to talk about china is the largest populated country in the entire world
0: was it six to one it's a communist state the one thing i will say about china is they have a lot of inner turmoil a they do. A lot of inner turmoil.
1: They do. But is an uprising in China going to stop them from right. coming out? Or
0: would they only unite them? The yeah, war I mean, the
1: they're, they're already showing the whole thing in Taiwan specifically. Right, right. It's a Ukraine situation. Yeah, it's it's the same thing. And I think that those powers that be do view themselves in in that same dynamic of a relationship, that is Putin views Ukraine as a part of Russia as well as, you know, many of the surrounding uh, smaller areas. You know, China sees Taiwan a part of China, which it was a part of China for some period of time. Yeah,
0: it was but a lot of things were a part of a lot of things. Yes. And we're living in 2023. Yes, (laughs) Yes, I agree. I
1: know what you're saying though. The us has done things as well you know oh, we're yeah. not we're not innocent yeah. no absolutely uh, to not. show a little flex here and there listen i'm i'm kind of, i'm really into this isolation thing but also at the same time we don't have much of a choice any anymore based on technology where we're at technologically you know everybody is just a computer few clicks away from each other regardless of where you're at right. on the world right right you know so it's uh just something to keep an eye on i i don't know Sometimes it just seems like a lot of dick measuring to me, quite well, frankly. Yeah.
0: It, I mean, and, and you know, they said don't don't send this stuff to Ro- or to Ukraine or we're going right. to do this. And you know, there's been a reaction for every action. Now we're talking about sending F-16s with other NATO countries. What kind of reaction will we get now? We don't know. We don't know what this man's thinking. Right. And we don't know the circumstances. Sure. Uh, there's a lot of rumors that he's sick. That could be a theory, a conspiracy. Right. If they're if they're right and the man's on his deathbed, what does he got to lose? That's another scary right. thing. There was know? a
1: a piece I believe on MSNBC. Uh, I just saw it before we started recording, so I haven't gotten the chance to dive into the details and and vet it any further, and then hold that against other news reportings. But I believe there's like some uprising too within Russia itself. Yeah, you know, there's some counter like people that are anti oligarch
0: Right. Uh, Did you forces. see the 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 was it the twelve whatever of yes. Moscow sent a letter to the legislation of Russia saying yes. that, that Putin should be removed his head. Yes. And so uh, that's it's the exact that's what we can hope for we can hope for the the russian people to realize what the fuck are we doing and what is right. this going to bring us in the long run and they can take control of their own situation but we'll see
1: <laughs> yeah a, a united china is definitely concerning A united russia is definitely concerning but there is like you said a lot of infighting and movements and and you know the chinese people the, you know we've talked about it here on the show the oppression against the uyghur people that are uh muslims minority in the country but yeah, it's they, bad right now supposedly yeah and they, they're tearing apart families. I mean, there's so many pieces out there. You could see on it, 60 Minutes did a piece on it.
0: Yeah, heartbreaking, man.
1: It's crazy to think that that's going on in this day and age <laughs> in a country like China that you would think would be a little bit more civilized and advanced. Right. Some other interesting historical things that went on. So, of course, the Titanic, we all know what that is. It sunk way back when in the Atlantic, in the early 1900s, 1912 specifically.
0: Oh, you mean it wasn't about that girl getting her titties drawn by Leonardo DiCaprio?
1: I mean i wish it was about that
0: (laughs) (laughs) that was my favorite memory of the titanic (laughs) i mean
1: i mean believe the movie came out where i when i was like 10 or 11 so like i was all about getting a little nip slip or whatever i was gonna get hell yeah man! you know my 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 dad was like close your eyes and i did the open hand yeah you know peeking through the fingers yeah uh but yeah so the titanic the actual Real event, not the movie. Not the James Cameron uh, depiction of history.
0: Right, right.
1: So 1986 was actually the first time that they sent down... To get footage, I didn't realize that. Seems like a way later time. You know, you would have thought that that had happened prior to that. Or, you know, like Jacques Cousteau sent out a crew or something. Right, right. Yeah, you, you know?
0: wouldn't think it would take oh, till the 80s.
1: Woods Hole Oceanographic uh Institution, actually, are the people that captured the first video in 1986. That's actually been restored and has been released to the public in the last week. And the footage is crazy to see because... I don't know if you remember like the Fox specials that they did. I think it was like in the late 90s in promotion of yeah, the movie. Yeah, I think. Where yeah. they were like, oh, visiting the Titanic. And the Grand on. Deck. And yeah. All that and stuff. The, the, uh, the watery grave from 100 years ago. Or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It just had some like profound tagline. Anywho, they would, you know, show footage of what the Titanic wreckage looked like then, present day. It had deteriorated even that much over that period of time, you know, about 15, 10, you know, 10 15 years. Right. It's, it's kind of haunting to see something like that, I think.
0: It is weird. Yeah. Yeah.
1: In other big St. Louis news specifically, we're going to narrow this down a little bit more hometown. Andy and Bear at the St. Louis Zoo escaped for the second time its enclosure.
0: <laughs> what are they? Yeah, Did they, they not had to? Just- two-
1: evacuate the zoo today are they,
0: are they not just like fixing the issue evidently just, not This throwing him in there and he's one like, smart bear <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine being there and they're like listen guys we've got a bear on the loose yeah
1: can you imagine the mass pandemonium immediately right i'd, I'd be jumping that fence
0: yeah i'd be like get me out of here yeah
1: you wouldn't see my fat ass move any faster <laughs> that's for sure other exciting things going on in st louis we got st louis city sc popping off this weekend so excited they will play their first match at 7.30 p.m. on Saturday, February 25th. So that's this Saturday against Austin FC. So it's going to be an away game, unfortunately, not here at home. The team's first home game, though, will be on March 4th at City Park against Charlotte FC. So that's the new stadium, just specifically for the soccer club. And I've seen it. It's beautiful. It's a state of the art, brand new. Yeah, it looks incredible, man. If you ever go to the St. Louis aquarium and you ever do the Ferris Wheel ride, you can see the stadiums right there, just right across the street. I hope and to be you get in a that stadium. Full, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna try to get tickets. So. I would definitely like to go to Game and where can you watch it? Uh, you can watch it for free on Apple TV and T-Mobile if you're a T-Mobile customer. If you have an Apple device and have never had Apple TV, you probably have a th- like a three-month free subscription that you haven't used yet. So my recommendation, just an easy way to see it if yeah. you'd like. Get active on that Apple TV and, and watch us some St. Louis SC. If you want to go to watch parties, there are various places hosting them. Ballpark Village, Schlafly Tap House, and Seaburg Family's Restaurants to name a few are all hosting watch parties this weekend for St. Louis City SC. Got to talk XFL. We got XFL on the background today while we're recording. We watched the first XFL game. That game was crazy, man. Battlehawks back in business. Glad to have the team back. Uh, We were doing great. Oh, yeah. The first iteration before COVID shut everything down. And now uh, The Rock and Danny Garcia, again, to tie this into pro wrestling. They are the owners now of the XFL. And it seems like they've really, like, give it the old college try of this go you know what I mean? yeah they're very I mean, serious about it
0: yeah and so far i've really liked what i've seen like with the changes it's kind of a mixture what would you say between college and the nfl like there with- are some
1: college rules there's some kind of almost arena era l- rules it's like a hybrid yeah and they're actually making some like new rules of their own which i really like yeah yeah and we can definitely get into that specifically with the battle hawks you saw it on display if you guys watched the game this past sunday let's talk about the team first uh, we got a.j. mccarron at quarterback so probably the most serviceable starting quarterback in the league at least you know somebody with some credentials you know two college championships uh has started and played and been backups to uh various nfl teams and had a you know several years experience at this point but he wants the chance to start he's getting a chance in the xfl he is the battle hawks quarterback
0: and you know I seen like on the fan page on facebook i seen a lot of people shitting on him because of that first game and yeah i get it like the first half was shaky and it's scary but this is the first game
1: i didn't realize these guys had only been practicing four weeks right they've had That's almost it. no
0: practice they have no tape or film to watch on any of their opponents you right. know what i mean like this is all brand new to everybody
1: and a lot of these guys have been out of the nfl either played in the cfl or arena or usfl or haven't played since college like, right it's crazy you're gonna have
0: to give these guys some time yeah, to figure it's,
1: out. It's crazy to think like how much behind the 8 ball that they are. And you know, a lot of people Battlehawks fans I was getting like frustrated with just like the lack of anything positive happening for our team at first. Yeah, that first but half. But that other team gave away the second half as much as they did well in the first half too. Right. So you're seeing that inconsistency across teams though so we've got A.J. McCarron at quarterback we got Austin Pearl as a wide receiver why does that name sound familiar well Ricky Louis. Pearl legend his father St. Louis had that sideline catch in the NFC championship game against the Bucks on that Super Bowl year the greatest show on turf yeah team right yeah with Kurt Warner Marshall Falk Isaac Bruce Tory Holt Ricky Prol, Dude, just to name the, that only the offensive of people. Right,
0: That's just some of them. There were so many great players yeah. on that team.
1: Mike Jones on defense, Ledger, London Fletcher. Mike Jones you have to mention because the tackle. He's the one who stopped Tennessee from making that touchdown at the very end. Oh, yeah. I mean, just such such good teams, such good players. DeMarco Farr was on that team as well. I just, you know, you could sit here and you could just bang off all like. like Hall of Fame caliber talents, but Ricky Prohl he was always a gamer. You know, he's been coach and been wide receivers coach even in the league in NFL. He took a job with XFL, so he had the opportunity to coach his son. So his son's one of our wide receivers. Anthony Beck is our head coach. He Which is, I like him. Yeah, he's got a very good demeanor disposition for a coach. I think he's coaching obviously material. He's coached some high school teams. Oddly enough, uh, was his only like I guess technical coaching experience. Last coaching experience. Until coaching the Battle Hawks, but at the end of the day, these guys are professionals. They know what they're doing. It's the game of football. It's all X's and zeros, right? You know, it, they should be capable if they're if as long as they have the leadership skills that are necessary. And,
0: uh, you know, the correct skills in managing people. I will say uh, they had like the coaches like pregame, well, I guess what we you speech, say, talk or whatever. Speech, if you will. And uh, Heinz Ward's was very like, oh, we're a team. Let's go get them, boys. Woohoo. Yeah. And uh, our coach was like, oh, we're going to go out there and we're going to fucking hit them hard and yeah, we're going to hit them in the, mouth, in the yeah. face and we're going to yeah. rock their world. And I was like, yep, I like this guy.
1: <laughs> Anthony Beck, I liked it. He was always kind of a, more of a blocking tight end. Although he did, you know, have catches here and there. You know, he was more like a glorified offensive lineman, his style of play, versus that of, like, a Kelsey or a George Kittle, if you will, or an Antonio Gates. Right. You know, he he wasn't really, like, a receiving tight end. He played for the Rams, and he played for Tampa Bay, which you're going to see a lot of these connections, if you will. So, Bruce Gradkowski, so not Gronkowski. Not Gronk, Gronk, Gradkowski. But he was a backup. (laughs) He was kind of like a career backup in the NFL for, like, six or seven seasons. He was in the NFL and uh, serviceable, but never starving starting material, certainly. Uh, he, he, he played with Cleveland, Oakland, Tampa Bay, Pittsburgh, uh, Cincinnati. So, yeah, he's our offensive coordinator. And then our D coordinator is Donnie Abraham, which he's a fucking boss. Donnie Abraham was a badass in the day.
0: Well, the Battlehawks defense was one he's thing good. that did shine that last yes. game. They were really, really good.
1: Dude. <laughs> yeah, the defense being led by Donnie Abraham, who is a man's man. New York Jets, if you remember him back in the day, his prominent years, Tampa Bay. Donnie Abraham used to put the hurting on people. He was a very old-school-style defensive back. I mean, he's right. just a gamer right. without question. And another cool old-school old connection, we got Leroy Glover as the defensive line coach. He's a former Ram as well, defensive lineman. And a New Orleans Saints specifically, That those were his more prominent years in the NFL. But he's our defensive line coach. So we've got a lot of... I don't want to say necessarily NFL royalty but a lot of NFL experience a lot of combined yeah. years experience guys there. that were serviceable in the league that yeah. that had you know 10 year careers or close to right. on average so yeah we were playing against San Antonio which they announced they're going to be having the championship game there in san antonio and that team is coached by hines world ward one of my personal favorites
0: oh i loved hines when he played
1: for the Steelers, yeah. yeah and so to get back into what we teased out of the open of the battle outstock and that is the rules and you have the ability instead of kicking the ball off to do a fourth and 15 to retain or do an onside kick you can do a fourth and 15 if you can convert it you get to keep the possession so it's kind of like an uh, all-time ball roll, like when you're playing 21 or whatever the case right, is in right. basketball. Yeah. You have a chance to keep the ball. Yeah, that's cool. Which is insane.
0: Yeah, that's nutty. And
1: then the extra point conversions, there is no kicking extra points. You either pass from the one for one point, uh, or excuse me, within the first five yards, I believe yeah, it is. Yeah, I don't know what the specifics are. It's either two are. and five and ten or something to that. It's really neat, though. But the, the, you can get one point within like the first yard. You can get... Two points if it's within the first five, and then I think the first 10 or 15, you can do a three-point conversion. Right. Which is fucking cool.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's stopping field goals deciding most games, in my opinion. Absolutely.
1: And we were down,
0: you know, hat in hand, balls in hand. Oh, yeah.
1: We were going home pitiful.
0: (laughs) That fourth quarter, man. It was magic. We
1: We drove down, scored a touchdown. We did a fourth and 15 convert. Well, three-point conversion too yeah that was austin Prohl catching that
0: yeah which was a scary scary it was a scary yeah
1: i thought he got hurt
0: me too i thought he got sandwiched
1: and then we did the fourth and 15 conversion yeah drove it back down again for another touchdown we win yeah we win the game the big comeback it's got everybody buzzing about the battle hawks in st louis and aj mccarron really just stepped up as a leader at the end of that game and made things happen yeah i was you know, i was pretty impressed. destitute the well the offensive line you know they they were not really blocking for him whatsoever
0: no he he took a lot of traffic that game
1: dude. you could just see defenders like unencumbered just straight down lanes and 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 even in the second game we're already seeing them pick up blocks and things like that that weren't going on in the first game but again no chemistry these guys four weeks have been working together in to some limited fashion up until now and and live games nerves i mean there's just all kinds of factors that are gonna start playing in crowd noise things of that old. right
0: right it got really
1: loud in san antonio i thought
0: yeah they had a good turnout from what i read right, um, yeah. i read that they sold like what was it like 87 or 90 percent or something like that which is really really good and then like for our Battlehawks home opener, I'm pretty sure the only thing that's left are suites.
1: That probably is the case. I was looking at ticket prices, and they're actually pretty reasonable. So once people find that out, and if they do well, it's going to be hard getting some Battlehawks tickets. Yeah, Hawks, that home
0: you? opener, yeah, I think all that's left is suites. So who knows yeah. what the second game and the third game looks like. So Let's
1: talk about some other St. Louis sports just to round out the uh, current events talk, and that's going to be uh, St. Louis Blues. Since we last recorded... Kind of alluded to it probably happening. Ryan O'Reilly got traded as well away. Sad day. Maple Leafs. Sad day for Listen, sure. I'm always going to be a fan of him.
0: Yeah, the cowboy, baby. It's not his He'd fault. He come here he and help us win away. a cup. I'll yeah. be forever grateful for that. One hundred. It is sad. It's sad that the Blues are rebuilding because we have all these connections with all these players, especially after that magical season. But we got to win. There's been sure. no excuse for this season. Yeah. There's no excuse for it, and we got to win. You know what's funny?
1: I saw that we still have a 5% chance of making the playoffs with a sub 500 average.
0: 5%? Yes. Wow.
1: So you're telling me there's a chance? You're telling me that the
0: Blues have a chance.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, Blues continue Selmo. That's obviously the route that they're going. They're accumulating draft picks. They've got, I mean, they've gotten such stupid return on, I think they got two first rounders, two second rounders for Tarasenko. I think they got. A
0: very similar deal for O'Reilly. Which the Tarasenko situation? Let's be real. Tarasenko's been trying to get out of St. Louis for like four years. Yeah,
1: but it did kind of seem like things were on the men's the last
0: year or so. Yeah, but I'm I'm sure I think he was ready to move on. Like, I don't I feel think like that he was upset about. It. Right. Let's talk about Cardinals. One I'm more excited. Time. Man, organized
1: team activities already taking place, and let's talk about what a projected lineup looks like because there's some breakout stories uh, coming out of. Camp it looks like right now. And so projected lineup right now is looking like perhaps. Um and again it depends on who you ask, but I think this is relatively common sense. Probably Tommy Tommy Edmonds starting things off as a leadoff hitter, although I don't view him as one. That's pretty much where he was at most of last year. Wilson Contreras probably in that two slot. Again, it depends on how other people hit, of course, and right. spring training goes. Goldschmidt at three, Arenado four. Brendan Donovan second base, maybe at five. Tyler O'Neill six. Lars Newbar seven Juan Yepes is being projected as the DH now. Whenever he was in and not injured last year, he had as much thump as anybody else and had several oh, walk off home runs. <clears throat> yeah, he was really putting a hurting on the or ball or pinch hit home runs, I should say. And then Carlson. So there's a lot of talk about how they're going to approach the outfield specifically. It's one thing we all have DHs now in baseball, regardless of National League, you know, American League. There is the DH used everywhere. So we're going to obviously be riding whatever hot hand that is at time but there's a lot of this youth movement that's coming into the Cardinals too where we're seeing the Gormans and the Winds and the Walkers. We will see them this season and as good as a I think it was great fruit league that um Jordan Walker had specifically. He is looking like a world beater. Yeah. You know, he is the like world class. Yes. Player. He is the Cardinals prospect that's not a pitcher. Yeah like he the big things gonna probably come from him I think he batted like something like 385 or something yeah and had several home runs, and, and I'm
0: excited to see him. Yeah, for you know sure. What I mean, to get a few games. You in have to think
1: some combination of Gorman, Wynn, and Walker are going to be involved with the you know the big league club, the big league roster. Whenever well, in the Cardinals are days hits
0: us. N- notorious for rotating people in and out of positions and sure. changing lineups and you know. I
1: think the in the infield obviously is set largely short right. of rest days, trying to right. work people in and out on but that. the outfield is subject. But the outfield, I think, has a lot of possibilities out there. I think Newball is really the only person definitively that i that will start the season probably in the season barring injury right uh, i think that there's a lot of concern about what we're going to get out of tyler o'neill after injury laden and you know disappointing last he looks
0: season. fucking huge he looks yoke
1: extra yoke
0: he looks huge for sure
1: and carlson another you know cardinals prospect that we're we're waiting to see him take that next step and he just quite hasn't done it yet
0: if carlson can maintain something like you know just there's he's so hit and miss that's the problem with carlson right and he's streaky there's talk of but the possibly cardinals are streaky so
1: that they're that carlson and tyler o'neill are gonna have a battle for center field and it's like you know, tyler o'neill wants to play center field he doesn't want to play left field it's like motherfucker if you're getting to start. I wouldn't be like too pushy about where they're putting yet right. to start with, you know. And
0: I don't see O'Neill really as a center fielder. He's I mean, he's overly fast, and he's not like a spectacular catch. You know what I mean? Like he
1: had good games and he had serviceable years defensively. You know, I just, I just think people after like his him. last season, though, I think is the qualifier we need to keep in mind. I don't see center field being a smart position to put him in because you're just opening him up to further injury. Right. Right. I think Carlson is the center fielder for right now. I think that will probably change before the season's over yeah you know I wouldn't. depends on what his bat does too but yeah it'd be interesting to see where things play out with the starting lineup and cards hall of fame voting starts this weekend as well 225 and it ends in april and guess who's on the card david freeze first time cardinals hall of fame ballot matt morris edgar terry Ed- edgar redteria They've both been on there previously. I met that guy, Joaquin Andujar, as well as Steve Carlton.
0: That's that's awesome, dude. I
1: think. Freeze is probably a lock just simply for the World Series game six. Oh yeah. Two thousand that may be the eleven
0: greatest cardinal history. That might be the
1: greatest baseball game ever ever. Yeah. yeah. That was the was best incredible.
0: Yeah. It was nuts.
1: <laughs> yeah, that game six. And you see Scott Rollins going to the MLB Hall of Fame. As a Cardinal. As a Cardinal specifically. That's that's wild. Which is cool. I mean that's where he run won a ring.
0: Yeah. I mean, Yeah, some of his best seasons were with us, so yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: Absolutely, so I I think that's really cool, that old Scotty Rollins. A lot of talk about him, oh, he's not a Hall of Famer. The Baseball Hall of Fame is a little bit more selective, I feel like, than a lot of other Hall of Fames. Yeah. I will say, I find the Baseball Hall of Fame to be a joke, though, because of Pete Rose, specifically. is not in the fucking Hall of Fame. Because he bet on his own team to fucking win. Right. Tell me what's wrong with that.
0: Yeah. And tell me
1: if he bet on his team to lose and they threw the game, yes, there's a problem. But you bet on your own team to win. Well, let's and you talk won?
0: about the White Sox World Series with the mafia rigging that and everything. You know, the I whole
1: mean? Chicago's Black Sox incident. Or is
0: that what it was? The Black Sox. Well,
1: that's what it's referred to as. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. The mob fixed the game. Right. They fixed the game and. This stuff has going on for years and we're just going to call out one person and hold him solely responsible for it. Right. I don't get it.
1: You know, we'll keep things St. Louis related and that, of course, is going to tie us into our guest this week. So will you please welcome Moses the Deliver on the other side of the break.
0: Hey, this is Josh from ACI Podcast. For show updates and news about the podcast, follow us on social media. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash ATI Podcast22, on Twitter at podcast underscore ATI, on Instagram at the ATI Podcast, on TikTok at ATI Podcast. DMs are always welcome. Have a question for the show? You can always email us at ATI at gmail.com. Stay safe out there.
1: We've got a very special guest with us here, Moses the Deliverer. How are you doing, Moses?
2: I'm not too bad, guys. How are you guys doing?
1: We're doing fantastic. Doing great,
2: man. Doing great.
1: Thank you for doing the show. over
2: to hear. Of course, of course. I appreciate you guys having me on.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's our pleasure. If this is the first time that you're seeing the ATI podcast, uh, we just bring folks on that we find interesting. We usually try to have some type of connection to the St. Louis area because we're St. Louis boys at heart and still don't live too far from there. And people that are kind of on the rise, people that we feel that need the attention and spotlight their talents. And, and that fits Moses to the T, I think. Thank you.
2: Thank you. I appreciate it. We got
1: Moses here. He's a... Aspiring professional wrestler, doing a lot on the indie scene right now, and I just think it's a matter of time for you, sir.
2: Absolutely, I hope so. I hope so. You know, uh things are looking good so far. The year started off hot. Had shows pretty much every weekend so far. You know, booked, busy, traveling. Already wrestled out the country this year so far. So yeah, it's, it's awesome. looking good so far. That's oh, yeah.
1: cool. Uh, where did you get the chance to wrestle at?
2: Winnipeg. Okay, up in, in Canada. Canada. Yeah, yeah, that that's was cool. Uh, I think that was our. I think that was our third time. My bad. That's, that's, uh, the quiet father, Camaro Jackson. He's messing with me. Uh, <laughs> we got the, uh, we got the team ambition trial camp going upstairs yeah. right now. Uh, that's actually yeah, why good I, had to, I had to come down to the bottom of the, uh, of the building. Cause you know, they're up there beating those guys up and putting them through the ring here, So you know, I don't want right. a bunch of screaming and you guys hear all the torture that's going on in the background, <laughs> but uh, right, that's yeah. awesome.
1: little stretching going on, huh?
2: <laughs> yeah. 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 But, uh, no, yeah. That was actually my digress there. I might do that a lot during this podcast, just a heads up. I tend to do that sometimes. It's I all good, mom man. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that it's... was uh, I think that was my third third time I went to Canada this past trip so yeah i love they you know they show a lot of love up there it's really fun um the fans are great you know as you know first time going up there i was like oh my gosh this this it's something totally different you know than what you're used to in america right that's why i was
0: getting ready to ask you how was the scene up there but yeah that sounds awesome it it was crazy (laughs) and i
2: think you know i think a lot of the rest of the world you know people who weren't aware of it already they got to be exposed to it um with the elimination chamber event you know with the fans in montreal you know they saw how rowdy you know even the Friday Night Smackdown that happened the day before. They saw how rowdy and how energetic those fans were. Right. So, um, yeah, that's we definitely get a little bit of a taste of that in Winnipeg. You know, and it's nice. It's awesome. I love it.
1: What promotion did you wrestle with up there? Winnipeg Pro Wrestling. Okay.
2: WPW. Yeah. Great guys. Great locker room. Again, like I said, great fans. Uh, they sell out. Their shows sell out like that. It's crazy. Um, I remember last time, like, they tagged me in a poster. Like, hey, uh, this upcoming show, WPW, and, like, within, like, I think within like a day, maybe a day, maybe even less than that. Yeah, you know, they made another post like, "Hey, this show is sold out." And I'm like, "That's." that's ridiculous and they do they sell out all their shows that's it's,
1: insane it's man it's loud
2: it's rowdy and it's you know lights are crazy the setup it's cool it's it's fun i, I really enjoy
1: it man. i just read that brett hart's sons blade and i forget the other one's name had started an independent promotion up there in canada and they're only on their first or second show i think deep i mean it's relatively really new, yeah uh and it's some tie i can't remember the name for the life of me right now but i know it's some tie to the heart dungeon and name but I thought that so was kind of cool. Name. Yeah, I name? Yeah.
2: I think I saw something about that on Twitter the other day. Uh, I think I think that show drew like 700, 800, something like that. I saw, you know, and the pictures looked awesome. The lighting, right. you know, set up and everything. The ring, it, it looked nice. Yeah. It definitely sparked my interest.
1: So uh, speaking of interest, what Moses originally got you into professional wrestling, might I ask? Uh,
2: so of course, you know, just like, just like a lot of people, it's as far as I can go back, as far as I can even remember being alive, professional wrestling is kind of always been around um you know and one way or the other my big brother he really got me into it uh, again at a young age with the with the action figures yeah, and, yeah. you know watching him play the video game day of reckoning on uh he tried moves on you oh my god <laughs> countless, countless countless um it's actually kind of funny uh sometimes i tell people i'm like you know i knew how to sell before i started wrestling because you know when we do our little backyard fights or whatever right you know he would hit me with something or something and, like i'd get up He like you wouldn't get up that fast in real life. I'm like, you hit me hard. I'm like, okay, okay. So yeah. I kind of had a pretty good grasp of selling by the time I started wrestling. But uh, no, yeah, I give him a lot of credit for getting me into professional wrestling. Um, you know, like I said, with action figures and the video games and, you know, just having the pleasure to meet a lot of professional wrestlers at a very young age. Like, you know, I'm at the age of like four years old, you know, I was going to these different video game shops, meeting guys like, you know, Kurt Angle, yeah. Ray Mysterio. And then, uh, as you guys know, Randy Orton is from our area. So right. you know, I would run into him a lot of, you know, multiple times when I was younger, you know, a right. few different occasions. So it's something that I was exposed to at a very young age. And it's something that just I was hooked to right away.
1: Is there anything that you remember in your history or your past uh, within your fandom that there was a switch to flip and you said, you know, I'm going to make this my life, my dream. I'm going to pursue professional wrestling. You know,
2: it always, you know, when you're growing up as a kid, you know, you know throughout grade school and everything. It's always something in the back of your mind, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I want to be a pro wrestler one day when I grow up. You know, that's something I might want to do. But you never really know exactly how to do it or how to get into it. Sure. Um, but I do know in high school, I believe it was, uh, see, the sophomore or junior year, which wasn't that long ago. I'm trying to make some of like, <laughs> saying, oh, uh, like it was forever ago. It wasn't that, that long ago. But um, again... I kind of really started really looking into it and starting to like venture and like look up different professional wrestling schools, things like that. And that's when I really started to like dig deep and, you know, I would try to look up YouTube videos, like how to bump and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Towards the middle, middle to end of high school is when I really started to think, you know, like, I think I really, really want to actually try to do this.
1: While you were in school, did you do anything like any, any sort of shoot wrestling, you know, like school affiliated wrestling?
2: I did. I did do amateur wrestling. Um, I started amateur wrestling at a young age. Okay. First, My first season of amateur wrestling was, I was in fourth grade. So, yeah. Okay. And then I uh, stopped for a little bit and then got back into it. So, yeah. Amateur wrestling has also been a big part of my life, you know, throughout my whole life, really. So, you know, amateur wrestling and pro wrestling. But I always knew the difference between the two. Right. I know uh, a lot of guys, like, I'll see podcasts of wrestlers. They'll be like, yeah, I went, you know, I went to, you know, my first amateur wrestling practice and I tried a wrestling move and the coach kicked me out. Like, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't allowed to do that, um, because, you know, I knew the difference, you know, but still yeah. there's a lot of correlations between the two, actually that, you know, a lot of people don't actually realize right you know, they're a lot more similar than people may think you know a lot of the movements you know a lot of the basic principles you know because that's that's where professional wrestling was founded from you know the roots of it you know stand back to absolutely amateur wrestling, way 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 back to-
1: and it's funny you hear some of those stories especially you know decades of old whenever some of the like mick foley for example that's a guy who sticks out in my mind he talks about how he went and joined the amateur wrestling at school thinking that it was what he saw on tv And, uh, he had kind of a rude awakening that they, the two (laughs) weren't the same.
2: Yeah. Uh, And,
1: uh, that doesn't even really seem that far back, you know, thinking about of him as a wrestler, (laughs) but yeah, that's funny. But as the years have gone by, the business isn't necessarily protected like it used to be. Mm -hmm. But I know that there's a bit of a brotherhood and an environment that's established. I know a lot of that's, you know, you maybe have a bigger appreciation for some of that too, depending on who you've trained under. Yeah. And I know you had the chance uh, to train under Harley race. I did specifically a legend in the business. Absolutely. Can you you tell our audience a little bit about that experience and what that was like for you?
2: So that, that's something that, you know, to this day, for the rest of my life, I'll always be grateful for, you know, um, not not many people get to say they were trained by the eight-time NWA World Heavyweight Champion. Right. You know, a WWE Hall of Famer, somebody who has wrestled any and everybody, you know, legends, you know, Hulk Hogan, you know, Andre the Giant, Ric Flair, you know, all of those guys. So um, it was it was definitely a surreal experience the first time walking into that building and uh, meeting Harley. You know, his hands, his hands are massive. They're massive and they're like thick. They're like, it's almost like a, catcher's like mitt. a baseball <laughs> yeah. mitt. Yeah, 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 like a catcher's mitt. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, when you when you, when you you shake his hand, you know, sometimes, you know, depending on what day it is, he'll, you know, give you the regular handshake and everything. You know, some days he might put a little extra grip on it, yeah. you know, kind of bring you down to your knees. And I'm right. like, here I am sitting here, you know, a 70-year-old plus man has me on my knees squealing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in pain. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, he's not just any regular man. Again, he's you know, sure. one of the toughest dudes in professional wrestling in general. And, again, I was blessed to be able to, learn a lot from him um he wasn't able to really you know get in the ring of course and do sure. you know any physical stuff but as far as the you know the mental part of things i mean he would probably forgotten more about wrestling than any of us will ever remember Right. So, absolutely you no know, it, it was a lot of those little things a lot of the stories you know a lot of the detail you know and it was just really really a cool thing to experience big open book of knowledge oh my goodness i mean you could you could ask him anything, yeah. You know, he'd be able to tell you just like that. That's so cool. Um, especially when it came to wrestling. Um there's a couple of times where, you know, we'd be able to get like a little physical with him, like he'd be in his wheelchair and uh we'd be getting showed like, a, you know, a different hold. He'd be like, Come here, kid, I'll show you how to wrench it in properly. <laughs> uh, you go you go over there, you know, bend your head down and he, you know, crooked and turning and everything, I'm like, ah you know what I'm mean? saying. Here I am squealing, you know, at the hand of a seven year old plus man <laughs> But uh yeah, no, it, it was it was awesome. That man. is cool. Something I'm, I'm very thankful before You know, memories that I will that I will forever you know keep. So
1: yeah, to put it in perspective, if anybody re- remembered Big Van Vader from back in the day, uh, quite quite the specimen. Leon White was a big wrestler. Yeah. Uh, he was actually in Boy Meets World. Uh, an episode of boy mm-hmm. in this world they had actually harley race be his manager on purpose in wcw to kind of straighten his ass out like for like real life yeah. so that tells you how much of a badass that Need harley race is yeah,
2: yeah for sure even people like haku you know haku said harley was one of the one of the very few you know he didn't fear haku didn't fear many guys at all. You right. Know? probably you know you know on one hand he can count the amount of guys you know that would you know strike fear into him but he said harley was definitely one of those guys right and, you know, not to mention the council stories you've heard about, you know, different, you know, legends in the business tell you different stories about Harley. So, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, he was legit, man.
1: Yeah, a lot of people don't realize he actually uh, did the body slam to Andre the Giant before Hogan did it at yeah. WrestleMania too. Really? Did. I yeah. did not even did. know that. And you would, by looking at him, you would never think that he could do something like that, honestly.
2: And if you look at it, like, it's not one of those things where, like, you no, know, it's barely a body slam. He was off the right. side of him. No, Harley had him, like legit like in the air, ass
1: over tea kettle, for sure,
2: yeah, yeah, and it's it's crazy
1: uh, and getting those chances with Harley, I'm sure now is this like the formal schooling that you immediately went into, or did you have some other training before
2: yes yes, this this that was the uh yeah, that was the first training that I went to went into um again, I was still in high school technically when I had started, uh but I had like two or three months left, you know, had all my credits and everything, so um, I would go to training right after school, so training wouldn't start to four. I would get out of school at two twenty, and you know I would get a ride over to the school, and you know kind of sit out there and wait for an hour or so until you know everybody got there, and was doing that three days a week. So yeah, that, that was my that was my first training ever.
1: And, and training under Harley too, I'm sure that gave you opportunities like they ran independent shows and things like that for you to go put into practice what you learned. What kind, what type of promotions did you wrestle with?
2: So they actually have a promotion connected to the school, which is um World League Wrestling. Okay. World League Wrestling dates back. A long long time it's it's not a new thing it's been around for a while um there's been a couple different iterations of it but yeah it's definitely, it's definitely something that's been around for a while and that's that cool. was uh the first promotion i ever wrestled for you know had my first match with them it was april 6th of 2019 look at that recall so, you know, it was, it was really, yeah <laughs> i can't that's forget good. it uh
1: was it a singles tag what type of match was it
2: it was a singles it was a singles um I don't think I've ever been more nervous in my life for oh, anything, sure. you know, um, which is crazy because you know, it wasn't my first time c- competing in front of a large crowd again, you know, with amateur wrestling back sure. in high school, like the state tournament, which was up in Mizzou, you know, right. Columbia uh, at their arena, you know, different things like that. Um, but, you know, there was just, just the pure, the pure, you know, nervous factor of it, you know, thinking like, okay, you know, I trained hard for this, I worked hard for it, put in all this time, put in all this effort, but like, now it's it's actually happening, you know, like you got your boots on, have my boots on, have my singlet on, you know, had my Hey man, can you show a little respect for me please? <laughs> That's the man, that dude. But uh no, he probably come by and tear me up. I do <laughs> but, um, but uh yeah. You know, putting your singlet on for the first time and you know, putting your boots on and you know you're all geared up and you're standing right there behind that curtain. And it's you know the, the butterflies are going. They're they they're rolling around in your stomach and mouth. Know? I could imagine funny little things. So I didn't even realize it because I was so <clears throat> in the zone mm-hmm. and like focused on what I had to go out there and do. Um, first song I ever came out to was some Katy Perry song. Something I forgot which which one it was <laughs> specifically. Um, which it didn't match my quote unquote character at all. Yeah. But, um, again, I watched back on the video, and they're like, yeah, "Look at what was playing." You know, the promoter. You know, <laughs> a little joke. trying to give me to loosen up a little bit. Yeah, you know, right. you do that with a lot of new sure. guys. You know, absolutely you try different things to have them loosened up. But again, um, that feeling that you have after you have your first match that that feeling of accomplishment of, of accomplishment. It's uh, it's. It's second to none honestly. It's, it's you know, one of the best feelings I've ever felt.
1: When you had your first match, did they have you paired up with somebody that was a veteran to kinda of help lead you through the match? I was yes, just kinda yes, curious they did, how they uh, approached
2: that. Yeah, 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 they did. Superstar Steve he's another guy, you know. He's he's done tours for Japan, you know, he's done a lot of dark matches with WWE back in the day. So, uh, he's another guy. He knows a lot, you know, a lot. And he still actively wrestles now. Actually, um, I just recently lost my WLW World Heavyweight Championship to him. Um I was actually the champion okay. of that company for a long time. The longest reigning, you know. Two oh, nice! corner. Not a two-ball <laughs> Hey, two days. Oh, but uh uh <laughs> But yeah, I actually just recently lost the belt to him and uh, he's still been wrestling and you know it's kinda cool to kinda like circle back to that, you know. Like sure. he's the guy I had my first first match with and you know, two and a half years later I you know I lose the championship title to him. So it was kinda cool. But yeah, that's who I had my first match with and all um, you know, the, the w once you step in the ring, once you step through the ropes, um, the nerves kinda went away and it's like, Okay, now now it's game time. You yeah, know what I'm right. saying? Like you had your time to be nervous, you walk walk to the ring, seen all and everything, like you had your time to be nervous, but now it's it's time to put up or shut up, you know. Again, all the things you've told people, people who've doubted you, you know what I'm saying? All the sacrifices you put into this, you know, all the pain, you know, 'cause we all know how painful it is. It's, it's not you oh, know, right, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, it's no. Yeah, so all the damage you've done to your body, all of it, you know, it's all it's all for this moment. So yeah, right. Again, once you step through those ropes, man, it all it's 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 go time. And um, had a pretty good match, especially for my first match. So yeah, it's 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 yeah. Again, one of those things that you'll never forget. You didn't
1: get out there and uh, get too lost in the in the in the sway of things. No,
2: no, no, not at all. Surprisingly,
1: rose to the occasion. Then
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Again, because it was just it was like I said, time to put up or shut up. You know, something you worked for, something you've been telling people you're going to do. So it's time to do it. So that, that's kind of that was my mindset.
1: If I'm doing some of my quick country math in my head, so I might be off a few years. But you've been wrestling pretty actively for over four years now, four or five years. Would you say?
2: About let's see. So first match was uh, yeah, like I said, April sixth of twenty nineteen. Yeah. Then I, pre- I pretty much wrestled that that one particular promotion for about my first year. Um, didn't venture out too much, and then you know did maybe like a couple of other shows, but I I was, I was pretty much mainly stayed there. Um, and then COVID hit. Sure. So, you know, we all know that slowed everything down, down for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So 2022 was kind of, you know, for everybody. And then 2021, things started to pick back up a little bit. And then that's when I started branching out a little more, and, you know, going out to these different promotions and uh, running into these different people. Right. And, you know, and started, you know, and that's actually how I uh, eventually ended up getting into a relationship with uh, Davey Richards, you know, guys like him, guys like, Mike Outlaw, uh, Camaro Jackson, Warhorse, you know those type of guys. You know the Team Ambition squad. So
1: yeah, so I, I did want to talk to you a little bit about Team Ambition. So Team Ambition, as yeah, you know, we talked a little bit about this with Joey O'Farrell, a previous guest of the show and a show promoter. Of yeah, the I love,
2: I love Joey. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was talking. Sorry not to cut you guys off. I was talking to Joey a bunch last night. Uh, you know, Joey—he's a great guy. I love Joey. Sorry, but yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> I had to get that. up.
1: We're pretty decent acquaintances with him, and yeah, we have friends, we have friends with him. Right. Uh, he went to school down in the area that we're we are at currently. So yeah, we've really? known Joey for okay, a long time. Yeah, yeah. He used to throw shows down here. He had Fallout Boy come play at a local pizza place down in this area. Yeah, he's yeah, before he's, they got he's, very, he's
2: very well connected. He's a yeah. he's a hard worker, man. Oh my oh, God, yeah. Those guys, like absolutely. He'll, he'll, he works hard. He—I don't think he sleeps. I, really <laughs> I
1: doubt it. I doubt it. <laughs>
2: I wake up in the middle of the night. I wake up in the middle of the night. It's like two o'clock in the morning. And I have like a missed call from him, or you know, missed te- you know a text from him. You know, yeah. like five minutes ago, I'm like Joey, like you're supposed to be asleep, dude. Yeah, yeah right. it's like You know, right. talk about wrestling, but you know, I, I I love that passion that he has for it, and you know, I think he's done Absolutely. a good job of displaying that with you know the Grandel Wrestling Show. Absolutely, you know, he's really putting on really awesome products that you know for those of you out there who have not had a chance to see it yet it's something that i would highly highly suggest seeing if you're in the area if you can come to the shows buy a ticket they are well worth it so yeah,
0: yeah we I had the opportunity to yeah. go to, to Dust till dawn and i'll tell you what that was like one of the best times i've had that wrestling match in a right. while man it was a good time
2: that production was amazing you know i told him like when i walked in so that was the second grandel show the first grandel show it had more of like led lights led boards and everything which was really cool and everything but like that from dust to dawn, it had like you know we our entrance, you know we walked through a casket, right, and you had two um, vampires opening the you know the casket doors for us, and had all the smoke and the. Uh, know the uh the pumpkins jack-o'-lanterns and everything and you know the, it was it was really it was really cool stuff
1: had like the old halloween havoc vibe to yeah. it
2: yeah yeah it did it did that's what he said it was going for and uh, i think it came off extremely well yeah it was great actually
1: that's really the first that we got to know of you moses was through that event and we had sponsored the match that you had with dak draper on the show
2: i appreciate that about oh that. yeah absolutely, yeah, it was absolutely.
1: that's really where we started it's one thing to see somebody do stuff online but until you go see them do it in person and two You digest it a little bit better. And I had a real appreciation for the right. talent that you are in the ring.
2: Absolutely. Um, Thank you. I appreciate that.
1: Without question. You know, it's just the little things that you notice in people, you know, your disposition is very professional. Did, did a good job of working the crowd and, and engaging the crowd through your
2: entrance. Yeah. And uh, cool. so, so no guys, I, I don't want to get a big head. Here. I, 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 I don't want to, I don't want to get too much big head. My tag team partner already has a problem with that. So I try to be, you try, to level I try to be the level headed guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but no, I really do appreciate that. And, uh, Give a lot of props to Dak too. Yeah. Dak, that guy, again, that's another guy who works super hard. He's just really good at what he does. And you know? it's really Absolutely. cool to see him get different opportunities with like NWA and things of that nature. Right. You know, all the stuff he did with Ring of Honor. So he was he was really cool, you know, to get in there with um super strong. That dude, his his strength, it's it's crazy. Like he just lifted me up and tossed me around and I like is <clears throat> that dude. Yeah, yeah he's he's, he's stout, very impressed. Chiseled
1: out of stone without question. Yeah. Yeah. But I kind of what I wanted to get to eventually with this was how, how did the relationship with you and Team Ambition, because I know there's a lot of talented people affiliated with Team Ambition. Yeah. How did you end up with Team Ambition?
2: I started training at, um, at this place down in St. Louis with guys like uh, Mike Alon, Camaro Jackson. And, you know, we were kind of training, doing our own little thing. It wasn't anything formal. But well, we kind of, you know, just kind of just getting extra reps in. I yeah. was, you know, between going there and, and going to Harley's, going back and forth, you know, just to get, you know, some extra reps in. You know, at that point, I was pretty much training almost every day of the week, um, which is crazy because, you know, at it, it, most places that doesn't happen, you know, outside of like the PC, right. a couple other places, like, you know, the New Japan Dojos, you know, like maybe a Black and Braid, Seth Rollins School. But, um, right. yeah, so we were doing that for a while. And then at one point, uh, Davey Richards had reached out to the guy who owned the building. And, you know, he told him he kind of wanted to come back up and knock off some ring rust and everything to prepare for his in-ring return. So, you know, Davey came back. I mean, the first time he came back, you know, he came back. Um, and he's he was, he's an intimidating guy. Oh, yeah. You know, he's, he's he's straight on, straight head on, you know. Yeah. He doesn't play any games or anything like that. You know, he tells you how it is. And, you know, he started training us, training us. And, you know, before you knew it, it, it kind of like became a thing. Right. You know, it started to become a thing. And then like. All of a sudden, now, it's like, oh, tweeting out hashtag Team Ambition. And we're like, whoa, like, what's, you know, and it's slowly becoming a thing. And, like, more guys are coming around and, you know, more people are showing up. And eventually, it grew it grew so big that we were able to open our own school and, you know, kind of create a brand a brand for Team Ambition, which it's it's pretty awesome to see, you know, Absolutely. where it started and where it is now. And, again, it wasn't that long ago that we met Davey for the first time, which is the crazy thing because I think – even now our current school um uh, coming up it's only been open for a year now. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's kinda of crazy to look back on that and see how quickly things came together. But you know, Dave is another guy, a great mentor. Um, you know, especially for someone like me. Um he has an amateur background sure. as well. Yep. So and he's he was able to show me a lot of different things too. Um and a lot of ways to, you know, translate amateur wrestling into professional wrestling in different ways. So, um, Again, he's somebody who has all the knowledge in the world. You know, with all the people that he's been in the ring with, and you know, he's wrestled all over the world. So yeah, he's he's, he's an awesome guy. But it was it was it was cool to kind of be a part of something from the jump. You know what I'm saying? Sure, it's one yeah. thing when you join something that that that's already established, but to kind of be a part of Team Ambition and to see it grow into what it is now is, is right. awesome. Yeah, and we're still growing to this day. Like I said, we have the uh, trial camp going on upstairs right now where the guys and girls are working hard and uh, busting their butts, you know. Um, we do this thing where during our trial camps, we pick one winner um, to receive a free year of tuition to our school, you know, one standout that we think, you know, displayed everything that we want in a student. So um, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing who that's going to be that's cool. this year. That's um, really cool. So, it's, it's yeah, it's really cool. Um, and again, it's just, it's crazy to see what we've grown into. And like I said, again, still growing, um, and team ambition, it's a recognizable thing now, you know, Absolutely. like walk around with our jackets, you know, I've had multiple you know guys like people you know names you know people like hey oh, yeah, that's a cool jacket i want that jacket you know why, where's my team ambition jack absolutely so it's kind of a cool day yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, i really enjoy
1: it well like you said just to echo some of that still yet you know davy is a guy who is just extremely talented uh a guy who really was kind of the torchbearer for a lot of the guys that you see present day in wwe at top of the card a lot of those people davy kind of they Passed the torch through Davey, if you will, whenever he was in ring of honor way back when, and the champion, he was fighting your Tyler blacks and those types of acts that were Mm -hmm. back there in that day. And uh, if, any, if anybody hasn't ever Checked out Davey before I just recommend just do A quick YouTube search on his matches And I think uh, if you like MMA And combat sports and anything like that You'll like his style that he applies to professional Wrestling and I always find myself exactly, yeah. Being attracted to that type of work And I noticed Moses you actually use a little bit of that In in, mm-hmm. in your move sets uh, You have some more traditional wrestling moves You know like some of the waist lock Takedowns that you do and things like that I noticed right away and then of course It's hard not to notice the singlet that you wear to the ring too Hell and it's yeah. more of a I traditional wrestling single yeah. yeah. so uh i i guess that the amateur background of yours you like to use that in your repertoire if you
2: will it's strong i do um something i definitely like to use you know it's it, it's handy um especially in professional wrestling it's something you can always go to if you ever get lost or you ever don't know what to do right you know you could, you know go back to your wrestling skills and your basics and and your fundamentals and that's another thing that david you know tries to hammer home to us a lot it's like if you have that strong base and that strong foundation, especially with wrestling and amateur wrestling, you can always go back to it. You know, you always go back to your wrestling. You know, there's times where things don't go how you want it to go in a match or things get clustered, or, you know, whatever. But if you're able to go back to to your wrestling, you always be able to, you know, pick pick back up. You'll be able to get back on the right track a lot easier. You know what I'm saying? Like we can always grab this or grab there, put a guy Absolutely. in this position. You know, it's, it's a lot easier to be able to control because. That's a lot of what it is in wrestling made of like manipulate the body and like move guys in different angles and things of that nature. So yeah, it's a lot of the principles that were taught in amateur wrestling. Again, like I said, a lot of them do translate over to professional wrestling. Right. So it definitely I definitely think it made my transition to professional wrestling a lot easier than what it would have been um if I had to been an amateur wrestler. Sure. And it's kinda of crazy to see like some guys you wouldn't think about, you know, or wouldn't think of they were amateur wrestlers. I like, of course you got you know the people who were obvious, like guys like Kurt Angle, Chad Gable, you know Jason Jordan, guys like that. There's a lot of like secret guys, like Dolph Ziggler for a long time. I didn't know he sure. was an amateur wrestler, Um and a good one too. You know, yes. amateur wrestler. Uh Another one, Cody Rhodes. He was a two-time state champion. Yep, high yes, school. he was. Uh, you know, which is insane because if you look at Cody Rhodes, you wouldn't think like, oh, yeah, you know, that guy's an amateur wrestler, but he was. So right. you know, there's a lot of a lot of professional wrestlers now that were amateur wrestlers and um but most of the ones i personally talked to they all said the same thing you know it, it definitely makes that transition a lot easier
1: otis was an amateur wrestler too believe it or not he was
2: he was, he was so one, you know yeah. you look at him
1: you wouldn't think that was the case but
2: and all those all those guys are far far better than when i was an amateur wrestler i was uh i was decent at it but a lot of those guys were like olympians and you know went on to do it in college and everything and like this you know just super super talented guys yeah. even now you got a lot of people in the PC, you know, who are yes. wrestlers. Like you guys got like uh Diamond Mind, um, and then you got Braun Breaker. Gable Stevenson, yeah, Braun Breaker, his brother, you know, yeah. and then you know a bunch of guys down there. So it's, it's definitely it's definitely has strong ties in professional wrestling. Again, like I yeah. said earlier, that dates back Way back when Professor Wrestling first started. So
1: it just adds an uh, element of realism because I think the big thing, the big turn off for a lot of people, especially casuals casual casual fans that is, they call it that fake stuff. And as you alluded to yeah, earlier, yeah. you know, there's things that definitely hurt and there's moments, you oh, know, you're yeah. definitely putting your body on the line, you're trusting your opponent. Uh, your life is in their hands, and 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 then it all goes back to the brotherhood talk piece of it. But there's some real things that take place in a wrestling match. You know, you can't yep. you can only work a chair shot so much. You know, to the <laughs> right, back yeah. and,
2: and things of that. And I will tell you guys, my time like I've been like knocked out in matches and stuff like that. And um, that's why it's called professional wrestling because you know what professionals do, we're able to do that to where you don't notice. You know what I'm saying? Like sure. times I've been like out cold and like nobody would notice. You think I was just selling or something like that, so. right? Right and there's a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of different things that go into it that that make it hard, but at the same time, I like the challenge, you know, like you gotta you gotta focus on what's going on in the ring, but you also gotta condition. You know, play with the crowd, yeah, you're conditioned, oh my it I don't think people understand how tiring <laughs> professional wrestling is because it's constant movement, constant movement, constant movement. Oh, constant I can imagine because I don't
0: do anything and I'm tired all the time, so <laughs> <laughs>
2: A lot of time it's hard because there's not a lot of a lot of cardio that you can do that translate well, that translates well to professional wrestling. Then yeah. just being in the ring and doing it, you know, that's the best way to get in the in-ring shape. Is you know being in the ring. You know, I look at it as like. You know, something as recent as The Rock, you know, when he said, like, oh, he's not sure if he's, he's match ready for, you know, mania and things of like that, you know, he didn't know what to come back. You know, I looked at a lot of comments and I saw people saying like, oh, what do you mean he's not match ready? You know, look at him. He works out. He's big. He's strong. He's this. He's that. Da, da. Yes. All of, the, all of those things are true. But again, like I said, um, being in, in match shape, it's something totally different. Absolutely. You can run the treadmill for as long as you want. That's exactly right. But again, being, being in match shape, it's just different. And
1: I've seen kind of like different wrestlers over the years kind of try and make comparisons to things that you could do cardio-wise, but nothing's like mm-hmm. they always say, Being in the ring, being in ring shape, it's just an entirely different thing. You can try and do all the cardio that you want the stair masters, the burpees, so on and so forth. Like nothing is like locking up in a ring. At
2: the end of the day, you know, you got to get in there and you got to pick up a guy who, you know, maybe 200 pounds plus, you know, and you got to do that while you're tired and you got to do it in a safe way so that you don't literally, you know, possibly hurt the person, paralyze them, kill them. Right. Absolutely.
1: So team ambition is a collective of folks. I know now you all do training for women's wrestlers as well too, right?
2: We do. Yeah. Awesome.
1: So tell me what it looks like when somebody shows up for a tryout for you guys, just out of curiosity, if anybody might be listening here today that might be interested in pursuing.
2: So when, you know, again, when you guys show up for those tryout cams, we normally put them through a workout. Um, and I'm not going to sit here and lie and say, you know, it, it's it, it's hard. The workout, I'm not going to sit here and I'll try to sugarcoat it and make them like, oh, you know, yeah. okay, I could be able you know. And, of course, anybody can go in there and try it. But the workout we do, put you guys through it is hard, you know, because we want to test, test you know, each individual and see, you know, what they're made of, see if they can be able to fight through adversity, you know. That's because, right. again, that's another thing in pressure wrestling. It's not always going to be easy, you know? There's going to be parts that are hard, um, just like – here in a second, one of the things that we do here is um, we have at every tryout camp, we have the students run the steps. We have a flight of steps all the way to the top, the very top of the building, you know, where the part of our uh, training school is. And like I said, I'm at the bottom right now. So uh, actually pretty soon here we might be hearing some some ramblings over here, a bunch of steps. That's what that is. But, um, again, <laughs> We have them run up all the flights of steps and back down. You know, they do that 20 times. Yeah, you know, that's one of the things that's even when I did it. You know something that was extremely hard, like for all the guys, it's not easy. You know, I'm sure you guys done where you you know walk up the steps in your house. Oh yeah, you're like tired. So you know, you know, you know, we never have to you know run up and down step twenty times. You know, it's it's something that's pretty grueling. But again, we know we try to challenge them to see you know if you know if they make you know make it or if they'll break. Right. And the last few camps, again, it's been hard. We've seen people like throw up. You know, be tired. You know, things like that. But um, they've done a good job at pushing through it, you know, fighting through the adversity. So that's that's one of the biggest things that we look for is uh, coachability and you know the will to not quit.
1: What's a ti- what does a tryout look like time wise? Are you having multiple nights a week? Do they have to go through a series of events? Like what is what is? So it like?
2: depends. I believe this was just one night, but. It started at six o'clock and it goes for about three hours, so it won't end to nine. So, you know, they're currently doing it right now. And again, it's full of a lot of conditioning. And, you know, we put them in the ring a little bit, try to put them through little basic things, you know, little footwork things, try to you know, build that foundation. But um, that's typically what it looks like. Yeah. It's either, you know, one or two days. Again, this one is it's just for a day, I do believe.
1: I know once you guys get to the class phase, there's areas of focus on certain nights of the week, mm-hmm. or at least in an early schedule I saw that was published of you guys. So, like, for example, uh, you might be working on basics on this week or this day of the week, but you might be working on promo work on this day yeah. or weight training, whatever the case is. Is that kind of how it is still yet?
2: Yeah, yeah. And that that's one of the cool things about Team Ambition. You know, we, we offer more than just the in-ring aspect of wrestling. Right. Um, of course, you know, we have, you know, all of our coaches are qualified in, you know, all the areas, you know. From, you know, in anyway, we got, you know, again, Davey Richards, got Warhorse, we got Camaro Jackson, and Mike Outlaw. Those are our four main trainers. Um, and then Davey teaches the fundamentals class. Uh, Mike Outlaw, he teaches, I'm sorry, Davey teaches the advanced class. Mike Outlaw teaches the fundamentals class. Uh, Warhorse does promo class and character development. And then Camaro Jackson does. <laughs> they're kind of loud, there they right? go. <laughs> are they starting? Are they starting? Yeah, that's starting. They're to start running the stairs. There we go. Ooh. <laughs> but, um, and then again, Camaro Jackson does the strength conditioning class. So, um, yeah, that's kind of the schedule we have going on. And again, it's pretty cool because we get to work on all those areas. Because all those areas are extremely uh, necessary for wrestling. It's a necessity. Absolutely. You know, you got to be good in your promo work, your character work. You got be, to be strong and in good condition. You know, you gotta be able to have on you know your basics and your fundamentals. Okay. here they come.
1: All right, we might be getting an angry mob down the steps. <laughs> How you right. Oh go. yeah,
2: I like woo! Hey we on the podcast right now, baby. What's up guys?
0: Hey hey That's pretty cool, yeah. man. That is awesome.
2: That's just one. And uh they gotta do that twenty more times. Hey, good luck to y'all! it <laughs> for you. Praying for you. We got to do that 20 times. So um, again, it's about pushing through it and kind of showing that adversity, you know, being able to fight through it. Again, that's what you got to do. And again, that's not only professional wrestling; that's in life in general. So you know, it's kind of sure. mindset you got to have. You know, we want to have people come in that are re- willing and ready to work at all times.
1: Well, it kind of gets back to that brotherhood talk too, in the sense that you know, if you're in the trenches, you want to know that you got somebody there
2: That'll
1: fight. Uh, that's battle tested. Right. You know, and,
2: and and we definitely we definitely do a good job of you know pushing and uplifting each other, too. You know, if we ever see a teammate that's kind of on themselves, you might have a bad day of training. Even me sometimes I have bad days of training still. You know, like everybody does, you know. Right. Especially, you know, because wrestling is something where you never stop learning. So Absolutely. But we, we do a very good job at, the, of, at uplifting each other and, you know, helping each other out, just giving words of encouragement, pushing each other. Because, um, again, it's, it's something it's, it's not easy. It's not easy at all. But, again, like I see like these guys running the stairs. Um, again, they're on uh, number one right now. By the time they get to, like, 10 to 12, it's going to start to be like, it's really going to start to sink in, you know what I'm saying? And that's that's where we're going to start hearing a lot of more yelling, a lot of more pushing, and, and a lot of more encouragement that will go into it. Yeah. So, yeah. And, again, we do a great job of that, which, again, I kind of like that team environment. You know, that's why team ambition is not just a a catchphrase or a slogan or just a cool logo, you know. It, it's really, truly how we train you know it's, it's
1: truly a team so i really like the name team ambition too because to me it kind of harkens to like your dojos or your uh, UFC camps and things like that with the name. Yeah. Uh, it has a little bit more of a legitimacy to it uh, outside of just the positivity that you've brought to light. That's kind of behind the name too. And, yeah. and I'm sure, you know, this school in and of itself is kind of setting up networking opportunities for people, whether it's on accident or on purpose, but uh, you know, getting even getting into the grand L events, you know, a lot, you see a lot of team ambition being involved in the grand L events like SCL versus the world, for example. And so you guys are wrestling against some of the biggest names on the independent scene, or the biggest yeah. names of years of recent. Whether it's across promotions like what used to be TNA, now Impact Wrestling, ROH, AEW, so on and so forth, New Japan Wrestling.
2: Yeah, you see, you see a lot of our guys getting opportunities at in a lot of different places, which which is awesome. You know, that, that's all we ever want in life. You know? Right. It's just not just right. wrestling again. You know, you want the opportunity and team ambition is definitely a good spot to you know. Reach out and give us opportunities because there's a lot of connections that are made here. A lot of them, especially yeah. you know, with guys like Davey, who knows you know pretty much everybody nowadays.
1: Sure, and I, I know that uh, too. After I went to the Grand event back in the uh, fall that we were talking about earlier of 2022 i went to st louis smackdown and i saw you again there it was a nice little surprise yeah. a few weeks later <laughs> yeah and uh you got to get caught in some uh casualty damage from braun Strowman. i guess yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah i did that,
2: that was fun that was awesome um that's another experience you know that sometimes i don't even think about that like yeah. it happened like something that you know you get so caught up in you know your weekly routine you yeah. know with training and everything like you just forget those little things like yeah like that was that experience within itself was amazing, you know, being able to be like stand there in gorilla and you know just walk out and like, especially again in my hometown St. Louis, right. yeah, where it's kind of cool. Like we walked out, we made our entrance, and um, right. you got fans that like recognize you, like Moses, Moses, yeah. you know, Oh my gosh, Moses, and that, that feeling, oh my gosh, just looking out and that that you know that whole arena of people and that um, gosh, that just. I get mean, cheers just thinking about it. That's, that's what we all what we all dream for. I actually. was definitely yeah. one of those
1: guys because I saw you walk out. I was like, "Oh shit, that's, that's Moses." Moses. <laughs> my wife's like, "Oh, yeah, the guy yeah. the, the match he went to." I'm like, "Yeah," and she's like, "Oh, that's cool."
2: Yeah, it was kind of cool. Uh, a lot of my, you know, a lot of my friends and family were reposting it. And in uh, yeah. my high school I went to, my my high school wrestling coach, he reposted it. And, uh, you doing good, guys. You guys doing good. Keep pushing. You guys got it. Yeah, we got like. Sorry. No, okay. you're good. Yeah. No. Yeah, we got like. 20, 30 people here right now and again they're all pushing each other. It's 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 great. It's all yeah, that is cool. To see but yeah, that it was good, you know, the the love that I got from, you know, doing the the, the little piece I did on SmackDown, it, it was awesome, and it made me more well hungry, you know, because again, that's something I want to do full time, permanently, you know, yeah. for a job, and you know? I want to make a living doing that. So it definitely gave me a, lo- a lot of added extra motivation. So
1: I know you do a lot of singles matches, but I also know that you're a part of the tag team technical difficulties, which you'll be wrestling on yeah. the next Grand right. L event with yeah, yeah. Uh, Raheem Daily Suede, right? Your tag team. Yeah, Suede,
2: Suede, yeah. <laughs>
1: So tell me how that tag team came together. I know you guys have wrestled together a few different times, at least that I've seen. So
2: yeah, me and Raheem, Raheem and I, um, we started training together. Uh, we both started Harleys together. Uh, it's kind of crazy. We both walked in at the same time. And um, I think my, one of my first times, you know we'd have a little small talk, you know, like that. But uh, one of my first times really, really having a conversation with him was uh, I needed a ride home one night. <laughs> again, I was coming straight from school. You know, I was like, I'm going to ride home and I'm going to be stuck. So I'm like, Hey man, you know you think you take me over night? He's like, yeah, bro, of course. You know, and then you know that whole ride home, we start talking, you know, getting to know each other, and kind of find out, you know, little things like he's also an amateur wrestler. Um, and um, the way the high schools work, we were in the same district tournaments. Like, we were at the same district tournaments, a lot of the same tournaments and stuff. And like, because yeah. he went to uh, with West, and I went to Francis Howe. So, um, you know, those two teams are wrestling the same district tournament, and it's kind of crazy to think like how small of a world it is because he's a year older than I am. So. Um, we were in a lot of the same buildings before we even knew each other uh, <laughs> at the same time. So yeah, that we had a bond from that, and it just grew and grew and grew. And you know, started tagging. We had our first. So we had a couple of like tag team matches, but it wasn't official. Here he is, right here. Yeah, I saw him creeping you know, up come, on come you. Over. He's trying to, yeah, he's trying to play. He's not... Here he is, right here. It's weird that I <laughs> hey, it was a so sweet. <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, we had a couple of tag team matches. Um, but it, we weren't under technical difficulties yet. Um, it was just you know Moses and Raheem, you know, two guys at WLW. But we had our first official match under the banner as technical difficulties. It was at the very first Black Wrestlers Matter show, which um is another great company, another company that you guys should go out and support. Hell yeah! They put on you know a lot of awesome shows. You know, for the culture, you know, I love it. Um, and that was that was our first time tag teaming under the banner as technical difficulties. And from there, it's kind of you know start picking up and picking up and picking up, and we you know all over the place you know just again i was with him in canada a couple of weekends ago and things like that so it's, it's amazing
1: yeah i didn't know anything about the black wrestlers matters uh thing until a few months ago i, I saw that you had shared some stuff from them yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely something worth checking out for sure yeah great as organization well. yeah yeah, cool.
2: yeah they put on they put on awesome shows awesome shows
1: i know that you and uh mr Swade there are going to be wrestling here at the Grandel event. We've talked about uh, that's STL versus the World Two. Motor
2: City Machine Guns, baby,
1: against the Modi City Machine Guns. Man, are, are you guys excited to lock it up with them?
2: We are. We are very excited for that one. But you know, we're really focused too. Uh, sure, this is a big opportunity. Right, big match, probably the biggest tag match we've ever had. So really locked in. We're working hard. We're training hard. You know, trying new things. I'm excited and to see it's, it. It's a big time to shine, you know. Yeah, you know, City Machine Guns, like. The name speaks for itself. I don't got to, you know, run down the list of everything they did, all the tag teams they faced. We all know that. Right. So it's, it's a huge opportunity. One of the biggest opportunities that you know, we've ever had. It's, again, I want to thank Joy for, you know, giving us an opportunity. Sure. Yeah. Again, yeah. You know, he trusted us, you know, he gave us an opportunity to show, you know, what we can do on a big stage and, I'm looking forward to it. I'm
1: ready for it. Yeah, and in the event that you don't know who the Motor City Machine Guns are, again, go to YouTube. Uh, You're doing yourself a favor by checking these guys out. Alex Shelley, Chris Sabian. Probably, if not top five, top three best tag teams last 20 years, arguably, easily.
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they're just
1: great technical wizards. And uh, again, they have a lot of legitimacy to their style, Uh, some amateur influence, but also a little bit of high-flying implemented and things of that nature too, which I think is going to match up very well with you guys. Yeah, I think that yeah. we're going to see a really. I'll just go ahead and throw it out there. Maybe you guys are going to have a classic out there in the ring. Hey, I'll be so bold.
2: That's that's the goal. That's the plan. <laughs> we'll be there. That's that's so the plan. it'll
0: be nice to see it.
2: Yeah, for sure. That that is the plan. We're definitely looking forward to going out there. You know, have a good match with those guys. Again, showing them we we're capable of. what We're able to do. You know, a lot of you know a lot of people are probably going in this match. You know, mainly looking at the Motor City Machine Guns, which is fair. I probably do the same thing. <laughs> yeah, you know, we definitely we're definitely looking to put a lot of. Myself as well, you, to, you know, show people what we're all about.
1: I know if it was me, I might forget I'm wrestling and just sit back and watch.
2: I know, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. also be in there. My bad, yeah, yeah. no doubt for sure.
1: And I know this probably had to be special to you too, Moses. I know within the last few months or so, you got a chance to wrestle uh Trevor Murdoch, NWA champ, another one of Harley's students and and a guy who just owes pays a lot of homage and respect to harley tell us about that experience and what that was like for you
2: that that was awesome again that that was was one of those things that like again you just said it i I, you know it's one of those things that you so much you wrestle so many times you have so many you know weekend after weekend after weekend it's like wow i did i I wrestled and at the time he was the nwa World heavyweight champion as well so you know that was that was something that was super cool and yeah it was kind of like two different eras, you know, of Harley students, which was another cool thing. Sure. Because you know he started training with Harley, you know, well, well before I did, and you know I kind of came, you know, at the later stages. But it was kind of cool to see, like, you know, as we're talking it, you know, talking about different things, like a lot of those still the same principles still apply. You know, a lot of the same fundamental things, you know, they still apply. So it was, again, it was it was it was special. It was special because uh, and that wasn't my first time meeting Trevor. i met him a couple times at a couple other shows, and you know. Seen him in NWA doing a the scene there, but you know, you able to lock up with him and step through the ring with him and you know, go at it again with a fellow Harley guy, you know, yeah, you know, current NWA or at the time he was the current NWA world, heavyweight champion, sure. um, but the he held and but the Harley held as well, of course. So, you know, there was a lot of uh special special emotional attachments to that, yep, yeah, 10
1: pounds of gold, my man. <laughs> yeah yeah I'm sure that it had to be special too in some senses you know, at least me as a fancy in it, and just kind of how you depicted it. It's kind of the beginning of Harley's you know training uh, more formally and then toward the end of his time with us too, so it was almost like you guys kind of bookend in yeah. that story for yeah. him as well so that's it's got a very very sweet moment for sure it was
2: awesome yeah i I enjoyed it. I enjoyed everything was second of it all. Uh, I didn't come out with the victory like I would have liked to, but you know, sure. Uh, cool thing about that is, you know, maybe we can run it back. You know? Yeah. And if he if he finds a way to get his hands back in the NWA World Championship, maybe the next time we wrestle, it can be for the title. Yeah, let's put know? that belt on. His last one it was just an exhibition, but uh, maybe again, it for the title. You know. And again, do it, you know, at World League Wrestling, you know, building, you know, hard race, where he trained at, again, it was, it was special. So yeah, that's for sure, that's definitely something I'd love to do again.
1: So we've talked about it a few times here, March 18th, 2023, 5 p.m. are the doors at the Grandel, Grandel Wrestling, STL versus the World 2. And uh, they've got varying prices of tickets, guys. It's as cheap as $35. If you guys are not sure or you've been to wrestling events before and liked it, I highly recommend Grandel Wrestling, this event and seeing people like Moses, they're a, a very talented people, and uh, hop on that train before it gets too big, you know?
2: Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah. Buy the stock, buy, buy the stock, rise low. Yeah, it's there low. you go, absolutely. Buy low, sell high, baby. Heck
1: yeah. Moses, just to get our followers and our listeners to get to know you a little bit better too, Just, I just want to ask you some personal questions about wrestling as a fan. So of what would be a favorite tag team of all time for you?
0: That's tough.
2: Yeah,
1: (laughs) and even if you even if even if you can't narrow it down to one, just people that are in the conversation at least.
2: These questions are hard. I know because you have your tag teams that you liked as a kid, right?
1: Right. I know.
2: That's like the Hardy Boys, you know, Andrew Christian, the Dudley's. You know, you have those type of tag teams, and then you have tag teams that you've grown to respect out of you know the the working aspect of things you know what i'm right. saying guys like the motor city machine guns uh the american wolves you know that's yes. of course with you know, David being one of my trainers you know somebody who i study study a lot of so um yeah those are definitely a few of the ones that i enjoy uh american alpha i really like their thing when they were doing, even going at it you know with chad Gable, jason jordan absolutely um the revival the revival you know great tag team um there's tag teams out there now that, you know, I really enjoy.
0: Brothers uh, of Destruction, like, like, somebody tag- said yeah. on the comments yeah, on Twitch.
2: <laughs> yeah. So many. Brothers, there's too many. You know, you can go on and on and on. And you even got, you know, people like the Rock and Sock Connection. Like, it's, there's, so, there's so many out there. Right. So many. But, yeah, you know, there's just a few of them. And then, again, like I said, a bunch of current tag teams that, you know, we're fans of. Like, um, I like a lot of Top Flight's work, uh, Dante and Darius Martin. Yeah. You know, uh, I had an opportunity to share a lot with them a couple times. And a few other tag teams that we got the chance to go against, like uh, Fly Def, they're a tag team out of Texas, uh, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a bunch of them out there, so tag team wrestling is really, it's really cool, and uh, it's really starting to pick up again, Yes, too, you know, and it's, it's, it's very, you know, singles wrestling is great, but there's, there's a, another level of art to tag team wrestling.
1: I agree 100%, and I'm glad to see it starting to make a comeback as well.
2: Yeah, yeah. I love
1: it. What about a single star for you? Who who would you put in that Mount Rushmore conversation?
2: Oh my gosh. You know, to, <laughs> Mount Rushmore, that 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 was impossible to answer because it's there's so many eras, you right. know what I'm yeah. like, oh my god. Mount Rushmore. I'm telling you some of my personal favorites when I was younger growing up. Again, a lot of people I met I had that opportunity to meet, like, you know. Ray Mysterio, Kurt Angle, Randy Orton. I was big fans of them, especially being able to meet them at a young age that, you know, made me a fan for life. Uh, Yeah. John Cena, Eddie Guerrero, big fan of Brock Lesnar. Right. How about manager of all time? Do you have an appreciation for managers? And if
1: so, who'd you say is the best manager of all time?
2: I'm going to say Paul Hammond was on my. Paul Heyman, I love, I love I Paul Swade. Um, and there are a bunch of, again, there are a bunch of great managers out there. Um, another one, a sleeper, Zeb Coulter. I like what Zeb Coulter was doing with him and Jack Swagger. I like how he did that thing. Um, of course, I'd have to mention Harley Race, you know, all the guys he managed. Um, so many, so many, so many. Teddy Long was a great manager uh, before he became the GM. Paul he's Bear, a great manager. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, for uh, sure. Paul Bear, Percy Pringle, <laughs> gotta, gotta mention him. I like with MVP, <laughs> yeah, Percy. <laughs> I like MVP. I like what he's doing right now. Uh, yes, stuff he's doing with her Business yes. and then with Bobby Lashley and, and now with Omos. Uh, yeah, there's so many. You know, it's, it's crazy when you look back, to around, and like that's why it's always hard to answer those questions. I feel, like, I feel like it's almost easier to answer that question when you know you look at sports like like basketball. Like you know, okay, the combo is. Is LeBron right, right. MJ? You know, or, you know, you're creaming that Are you looking football? You know, people are gonna run to like Tom Brady. Well, it's because you can Joe qualify Montana, it, or, you know, baseball, yeah, with the number. Or, yeah, baseball, they're gonna run to, to, they gonna run the Babe Ruth. You know, guys right. like that. Um, but yeah, with wrestling, there's so many, so many. Or with hockey, Wayne Gretzky. So like, but with uh, with wrestling again, there's there's so many, and there's so many different types of wrestling too is which that, that's what kind of makes that a hard question well, yeah
1: i mean there's there's all kinds of wrestling that people probably in large haven't even tapped into you know there's a lot of old even japan me, myself, wrestling european wrestling that goes so on, much that know? i haven't yeah exactly uh, there's a there was quite a movement you know like for me, this so. whole culture of wrestling tents that they do in the uk where it's like a traveling circus type act like really back to the carny roots if you yeah, will yeah. Or, you know so there's just so much wrestling out there you know luchadors you know that's entirely different thing too different working style you know there's if you see wrestling professional wrestling and you think oh it's all good oh you're good we're good yeah Uh, if you see if you if you see wrestling you think oh that's not for me i guarantee you guys
2: keep it pg please
1: keep it it's fine hey, here, man. We're it. we're an explicit <laughs> podcast. We we let things fly sometimes. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so <cool>. everything's good. <laughs> cool, cool. But yeah, there's there's I guarantee you there's a type of wrestling out there for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, you just have to kind of find what that is. Here's another tough one for you, Moses' favorite match of all time. What's in that
0: conversation for you?
2: Oh, <laughs> this is the last now? tough one. Oh.
0: I wouldn't even know where to oh. begin that thought. <laughs> do you have one? Oh yeah, yeah, I definitely do.
2: Oh. My gosh, favorite match of all time. Hmm. Um, I have one right off the top of my head that I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed the build to it. I don't know if I want. I don't know if I want to say it without. I really enjoyed the Rock and Johnson okay. match from 28. That was one of my favorite uh, favorite builds of all time. Sure. And again, it's just subjective because when you look at matches, like it's like, what are you looking for? Again, that was that was yeah. Right. Where I started wrestling, you know, that's why I, I started. You know, right, actually being right. a professional wrestler. But then you look at like as 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 actually being a pressure wrestler. Even as a fan too, you look at matches like uh triple death between Samojo, AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels, and, like that was you know one of the best triple thets I've ever seen in my life. Um, so many. Uh, you know, small, small, there's just too many. Too many to right. pick. Yeah, yeah or, like, I understand.
1: That. I I always kind of go back to that moment. You, and you mentioned this earlier, you know, kind of the more the sentimental wrestling moments. Yeah, yeah. And I just remember, what kind of just expanded my world wrestling view. That is, and uh, I remember the first match that I saw from start to finish and re- remembered what it was. I'm sure I'd seen other ones that just didn't stick with me. It was the Shawn Michaels Razor Ramon ladder match from WrestleMania 10. That is an all time great. Oh, ah, okay. Like the first ladder match. Yeah. yeah. Um, Razor Ramon. Yeah. Razor Ramon Scott
2: Hall. See, now you just. It, with, when, when I get asked those questions, my brain, my brain sure. goes in so many right. different directions that it's hard for me to even think. Like, I like you just mentioned Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker at uh, WrestleMania 25. And they did it again at WrestleMania 26. And then you had uh, Triple H and Undertaker. And, uh, That's right. 28, that was another great one. That went, that, 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 I was saw a video the other day where Sean Michael's gave, undertaking that Super kick. triple H for the pen, one, two, and he kicked out, and like, the emotion on Sean Michael's face. Like, oh my gosh, can't believe it up. Yeah. Oh, there's so many. So many. <laughs> I,
1: I always lean on that match or WrestleMania 13, Bret Hart against Stone Cold Steve Austin, double turn. I, mm. You never see a good mm, double yeah, turn yeah. if it's done well. It's one of the best things. I argue. It is perhaps the best television there is to see, regardless of live sports, dramas, uh, fantasy yeah. series. To see a good pro wrestling angle executed on TV and and it be a double turn is a work of art. It is the Mona yeah. Lisa of professional wrestling.
2: Again, that, yeah, that goes into it, like how, you know how hard it is to absolutely know, to do that stuff to capture the emotion of the fans and have you know it's. Yeah, that goes to speak of the you know the different aspects and different elements that go into professional wrestling.
1: It's iconic that match in particular. Stone Cold passes out in his pool of blood while he's in the Sharpshooter. <laughs> and, <laughs> right? Yeah, know, it's just incredible. Like I,
2: that, that that's a visual. Like I feel like some people people that may not even seen that. Yes, you no, know, they've yes. definitely seen that visual. You know. Don't call me in that shot yes. shooter, face covered in blood. And the uh, you know, the uh, don't yeah. try this
1: at home reel that they used to show always had that shot in it back in the day for WWE, but that whenever yeah. they play that. It's iconic. Well, Moses, let's talk about other things that you got going on in the future. Uh, do you have any other events coming up where people sure. can catch you out outside of the Grandel event that we talked about earlier on March
2: 18th? So, so th- yeah, this weekend, uh, I'm a pretty stacked weekend. Tomorrow I'll be an Iron Spirit Pro in a tag team match uh with my partner Raheem. I'll be in the Tag Team Championship match. Uh, then Saturday, I'll be at WLW. We have a show in Portland, Lindenwood, Missouri. At the that's Army cool, Basin. yeah. That'll be pretty cool. And then Sunday, yeah, Sunday, got Glory Pro. I'm um, going one-on-one with Mike Outlaw. Somebody I've had a little bit yeah. of beef with back and forth. So, you know, that's, that's and that's what I got this weekend. And again, you know, I got a bunch of other stuff in the works, and I'll be going back to Canada uh, next couple of months awesome. or so, which will be really cool and just – you know, yeah, uh, definitely, definitely watch out for my socials. Uh, I have a, you know, I always post all of my bookings and you know all of my, all the shows and everything. You know, definitely put it on there.
1: So you're pretty much everywhere on social media: TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, right?
2: Yeah, at Twitter it's at the underscore underscore deliver. Um, Instagram it's the deliverer. Or it's the underscore deliver underscore Moses. And then on Facebook, it's Moses the Deliverer. And then, yeah, on TikTok, same thing. So, yeah, it's, as long as you type in a combination of those three, I'm sure my face will pop up.
1: And I do want to commend Moses. He's very good about sharing his stuff and his events that he has coming up. Uh, you can catch him. I, I know a lot of people that listen to us listen to us in and around the St. Louis area. If you guys are looking for something to do, give pro wrestling a chance. Give Moses a chance. He's yeah, very man. talented. Support your
0: local community. Get out. Yeah, yep. Absolutely. Well, we
1: really appreciate you taking the time to come on the show today. Yeah, thank Moses you, Moses as well. Appreciate we it. were happy to hear a little bit about Team Ambition and, yeah, and great, everything great that you time. have going on, too.
2: Yeah. Thank you, guys. This is fun. Yeah, yeah. They're still, they're still going at it right now. You doing good, Kev? What number are you on?
0: Oh, you almost
2: say. Yeah, already. that guy's hey, leading no, the pack. On, yeah, so <laughs> he must be
1: a long distance it, runner. I can spot him from <laughs> a mile away. That's what I used to do.
2: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Kevin can run, Kevin can run for days. When I do in-ring jills with me sometime. I don't know <laughs> 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 you yeah. that like, yeah.
1: this is Barrett from the ATI podcast each week Josh and I discuss current events pop culture music TV movies politics sports nothing is out of bounds you can also tune in to learn about rising artists small businesses whether it's music graphic design filmmaking or even a brick-and-mortar mom-and-pop shop we'll be spotlighting folks and their endeavors. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Anchor, or anywhere you enjoy your podcasts. Just search ATI Podcast. We would like to thank you for your continued support, and as always, please stay safe out there. Welcome back after the break. Thanks for sticking around. Thank you to Moses for your appearance this week on the ATI podcast. What an awesome guy.
0: Yeah, great guy. Um, like I said in the opening, he's a young guy. He's got a lot to show. And I think, he, you know, we're going to hear his name a lot in the future.
1: Yep. Buy Why the Stock is Low, yeah. as he said.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I can't wait to watch him again.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's he's amazing, just natural talent as it is already and i just think the sky's the limit for him really humble what nice guy too. oh yeah got a great head on his shoulders and it was also kind of cool too if you guys joined us for the live interview you got to see the activity in the school behind people running stairs for the team tryouts team ambition and you will see that in the video version of this episode as well yeah so man. that's why there's always a benefit of watching the video and then tune it in for the podcast feed episodes as well where you get our opens and our closes and uh you kind of hear about information and things that are in the works
0: yeah his tag team partner was there too man that yeah cool. yeah that was and really cool all of them Swade! To- yeah Swade.
1: You got to see a little <laughs> suede on camera and a lot of run-ins and so that was that was pretty cool too so let's talk about what we got going on for the next episode so that's gonna be season two episode three we have mando franco coming on director of bad panda studios And So you might have heard that name a few times with some of our guests in the past. Logan Cole mentioned him in passing. Doug Wicker mentioned him in passing. I believe Andy Treffenbach might have mentioned him in passing once as, as well. But a guy that actually has a pretty big resume over the last 10 plus years has... Directed some shorts. Uh, he had the rights to doing Stephen King's Boogeyman, so he actually did a short for Stephen King's Boogeyman oh, wow. about ten years ago, and now that's turning into a feature. So I think it's going to get a lot of eyes on his original work too. People are going to go back dude. and look at that.
0: Yeah, they're going to want to see. Yeah. Right.
1: And so there's a there's a really big trailer going on right now. I think it's a house production. Is a Stephen King's Boogeyman? That's a feature film that's getting ready to come out this year. so Sweet,
0: dude. Good for them guys.
1: So yeah, it's it's really cool uh, to see. You know the the work adapted early on with him he's done some tv series and web series kind of in their early conceptions and things like that so he's got very interesting experience and he too is collaborating with doug wicker on a new film that i saw them putting up some shots about so maybe we can get some information from him on that so we're shooting for about a 7 p.m broadcast on next thursday with him so tune in to social media and all that stuff will keep you guys abreast of the situation and the start times and all that fun stuff we'll also be putting out some urls with his credentials he's got a website you can kind of look at samples of his work and go to his imd page imdb page specifically so you can actually see his storied work over time so Guy's got a lot of experience and I'm looking forward to picking his brain, talking movies and uh, whatever else, you know, that naturally works its way into the conversation as it does with us. So we have a lot of season two programming and things going on. Look for us this weekend to be posting the guest schedule out through the end of April. So we'll have everything up until about may time and we got a lot of exciting things in the works we've got an on location podcast episode basically scheduled with a record store which will reveal those details once those are finalized we should have that information by the weekend so hell yeah looking really forward to that we're going to do a kind of a what's in my bag concept as well as do a business profile interview there so i think that'll be kind of cool highlight a, a record store here uh, not too far from us and a relatively new business so Hopefully, bring bring them some new eyes and faces yeah, into their business. For
0: sure, yeah, that'll be cool. It's a cool opportunity to mingle with new businesses.
1: Absolutely. And, of course, we're going to keep, you know, working away, trying to get some other people, some bands on the cuff that, you know, maybe not on your radar, whatever the case is, and uh, just kind of discovering some new talent out there. Outside of just the parameters of St. Louis, you know, we're reaching out for people on East Coast, West Coast. So we've got a lot of cool things in the works and maybe a few people coming back uh, from season one, two that have new things in the works to promote and talk about. One of which is going to be Marcus Newstead. He's going to be back on the show. Yeah, I'm not missing this a new record so we're going to be talking about that fister beard <laughs> and then marcus has joined up with many other cool musical projects and he's got a new musical project in the works that i'm hoping to pick his brain about that i'm very excited about some botch vibes i believe Ooh, so i'm really looking forward alive. to that and uh with him also back on bass which i think you know that he's tremendous bass player and i just love his bass playing so um, looking forward to that
0: i know this is an in our uh, repertoire of things to talk about but um botch the botch tour oh yeah dude i've been seeing footage it's insane.
1: Well, they played a reunion show in Washington. And it was only so many days. Yeah, it was like a broken out over a weekend. That was like the first time that they played together in twenty years. That's like
0: insane, live. dude. And then it was that so good.
1: <laughs> was basically the commercial for this tour that's getting ready. Uh, so to that's happen. the footage I'm seeing. Yeah. So this tour is still months out. Okay. And that's what they booked, and they've already sold out like all their LA days, Chicago. I was going to say the closest one was Chicago, right? They already sold both days out. Jesus Christ. Which it was like October 13th and October 14th. It was Friday the 13th. In October. Oh shit. Yeah. That'd have been the hell of a show. Yeah, I know, man. And I think that's the one the markers got tickets to. Well, I'm gonna Some tell you right now the,
0: the all the video that I've seen so far of their stuff, their them coming back has yeah. just been phenomenal,
1: dude. Oh man, I mean you talk about one of the best most influential bands in heavy music that was not I mean, in the grand scheme of things, was not a band for that long, really. And just the impact that they had across the industry. I mean, there's just so many heavy hitters and in heavy music today that would not be here if it was not for botch right you know without question so really looking forward to that i hope this inspires them to do more new material i mean nothing's stopping them really other than egos right you know right i mean all they've all went on to be in other successful projects things like narrows and minus the bear and russian circles you know those all would not be beings probably if Botch, botch never broke up but also at the same time and the botches is good if not better than all those bands so yeah be sure to catch the new episode of waxing on if you haven't done that yet i know they so got good. several video views already i think their video count was well over 43 the last time i checked it which was like this morning so and that video has only been up a couple days and i know people are checking that out that piece that piece gets as much traffic as our other stuff so those guys are doing good work over yeah, there yeah they even got some shots out from amarosa yeah that's and cool and all the various bands that they you I know, used to be hard on them this boys,
0: but i was actually listening to them jake talk about their new album and it makes me want to like go put it on right now the new album
1: is entirely like it's if nothing. i put it on for you you wouldn't think it's them right that's but what jake was saying but it's a good thing yeah in this instance not to say like i mean i listened to them when they first started and they were they're pretty good and like the johnny craig type stuff there yeah. was a guy before him i think yeah yeah, but the johnny craig stuff was like the popular stuff i want to yeah, say
0: that's definitely the album that i was most into yeah
1: and i mean the guy was a talented singer but he had his issues you he was know? a piece of shit as a person though yeah he was like <laughs> fucking ripping people off for like macbooks or something yeah. like selling fake macbooks and shit yeah. and then kept putting up shows that he never came and performed at so he took everybody's money and shit yeah, yeah. i know i and I, and I don't know where he's at with his like struggles with all that but i know he was the, you know it was all substance abuse type stuff right but uh they've they have a band as a band have moved on different singer and and really just seems like an entirely different band especially if you realize in the music you would never you know guess it's the same people involved in it so yeah really looking forward to uh you guys getting a little bit more of that waxing on experience because we're going to be doing some more and more crossovers going in the future with them and whenever we go to do this on-site record store thing they're going to be included along with us too so really looking forward to that whole experience and again if you're looking for new music check these guys out what they have going on they do the weekly playlist on spotify you can listen to the playlist and hey, if you don't like it, just move on to the next artist. Right? You know, yeah, I there think there might be something in there for everybody.
0: That's what's so great about them both doing it, is because they bring such a broad spectrum of yeah. stuff to the show.
1: Definitely a variety. So, and I know that Ridge like likes some of the things that Jake probably likes, but the the gap isn't Bridge. So like. You know, like rap stuff. I don't know that like, Ridge is really seeking out new rap stuff, but Jake is. Oh, yeah. You know, so like that's Ridge's opportunity to be told about things that maybe aren't on his radar. Right, right. You know?
0: Yeah, it's a great it's a great little show they got going on, man. I really like it. And uh, it's it's been so successful it's for It's kind of like so. a
1: more modern day Headbangers Balls kind of yeah, like I yeah. liking it to, but it's not just limited to heavy music. Right. For this week, I am Barrett at Barry Insane on Instagram and Twitter, and he's Joshua Welch, underscore Joshua Welch on Instagram. And we are out of time. Until next time, good night and good luck. And
0: stay safe out there.
2: Seems I can't remember you. amorphous with
1: a gentle hue. Out in the night. Out of
2: laughs. Comfortly walk.
1: of what I feel I can take Something stupid, something fake Out of my hands Remembered glance Glowing upon my
2: cheek In the ground is still In the worthless now
1: shallow, something blue something else forgotten and bashing my